Sunday, don't we? Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse number 1, we're going to read concerning Palm Sunday and uh, what the Lord did. Verse 1 of Matthew 21, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go unto the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any shall say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the fowl of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. I want to preach a message this morning, simple message entitled The Message of Palm Sunday. The Message of Palm Sunday. Lord, we ask that you would meet with us this morning. Thank you for the music. Thank you for meeting with us already. Thank you for the interaction of the people of God. And Lord, now we ask that you would take truth and you would meet needs in our hearts. Lord, you know each one here, you know the burdens each one bears. And Lord, I pray that you would, as only you can, would you, by the power of your Spirit, speak to us on an individual and on a corporate level as well. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. You're worthy of all honor and glory and praise. Lord, without you, we're nothing. Use, Lord, your word and this servant in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to see, number one, as we look at this section of Scripture, I want you to see, number one, that the message of Palm Sunday Defends. You see, what does it defend? It defends the veracity of the Word of God. Look with me at our text in verse number 4. The Bible says this, verse 2 and 3, we see Jesus giving instructions concerning Palm Sunday. Verse 4, the Bible says this, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, they're, they're quoting here from Zechariah chapter number 9 and verse number 9. Zechariah 9 and verse number 9. The Bible says this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the king, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, upon a colt, the fowl of an ass. The scriptures also speak concerning this event in Isaiah chapter 62, where the Bible says this, Behold, the Lord, verse number 11, hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his, his reward is with him and his work before him. Often people can forget when they look at this, the passage in Genesis chapter number 49. I want you to turn to Genesis 49. We've been looking at the book of Genesis in our Hebrews 11 faith series as we look at the stories of God's people believing him no matter what. In Genesis chapter number 49, we read concerning what will take place in Matthew chapter number uh, 21. The Bible says in verse 10 and verse number 11 of Genesis 49, 
The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, verse number 11, binding his fowl unto the vine, and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Predicted many years ago, Jesus would come, and what we call Palm Sunday would take place. Last week we looked at Joseph, and we actually a couple weeks ago we looked at Joseph and Joseph believing God. And Joseph said, hey, when you are delivered from Egypt, make sure you bring my coffin with you back to the promised land. I think it was some 400 years before they would be delivered. And when we look at the story of Palm Sunday, it helps us to see that the Bible is indeed true. And what God says in his word, it will indeed come to pass. And we think concerning how would uh, someone know many, many years before what would happen in Matthew chapter 21. The divine sovereignty of God. And God preserves his word. I want you to take your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and I want to remind us all of what the Bible says will happen in the latter days, in the latter times, which are the times in which we live now. You watch the news, you hear the talk of people, you see what goes on, and it can be very unsettling. But the Bible says this, and we need to remind ourselves of this, verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. We see a rise in my estimation in selfishness. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemies, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. A number of years ago I spoke with the township supervisor in our township and he said the biggest thing they were dealing with then was children attacking parents and what do we see in the word of god disobedience to parents at that particular time i think he told me about an illustration of a, a young person that stabbed their parent in our township with a screwdriver I, I, if that's not an illustration of disobedience to parents i don't know what is and we continue to read as we see verse three without natural affection boy there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our society i mean a lot of crazy stuff and you have to think, okay, God told us this would happen. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good. Good is, is being treated as bad, and bad is being treated as good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, loving, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Don't we see that in our day and age? You see, God told us this would happen. And by the way, they say it's getting worse. It's getting worse every day. Yeah, God told us that. Look at, verse, uh, look at verse number 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And what does the Bible say? Paul says to Timothy, hey, continue in the things which ye have learned. Hey, when we look at the message of Palm Sunday, it helps us to understand that the Bible is true and what the Bible says is going to happen is going to happen. And as we look at the Word of God, we know that things are going to get worse. But we also know this, the Bible says the trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And we've got to recognize that, hey, Jesus is coming again. 
we've got to recognize how important the Word of God is. Look, if the Word of God is true, and it is, if what God says in the Word is going to happen, and it will, then why don't we spend more time in the truth of the Word of God? I've shared this a number of times when I first entered the ministry. I grew up in a home where my mom and dad said, you got to read your Bible. Did you read your Bible? You read your Bible today? I thought every Christian read their Bible every day until I got in the ministry. And I'd asked individuals, hey, did you read your Bible today? And they say, or have you read your Bible this week? They said, not like I should. And I said, oh, well, keep, keep doing it. The longer I was in the ministry, Brother Chad, the longer I was in the ministry, the more I realized that when I would ask people, did they read their Bible, and when they said, not like I should, my response was this, so you're not really reading it at all. And nine and a half out of ten of them would say, yeah, you're right, I'm not really reading it at all. I don't know why, as God's people, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't know why we wouldn't be more in tune with this book. A lot of people are in tune with the news. They'll tell you the latest stats when it comes to the sports and it comes to the Final Four. And by the way, a little side note, there was a one-second buzzer beater yesterday. I just happened to see it, and I thought, wow. But who cares, right, in light of eternity? But we're more consumed with the stats. We're more consumed with the news than we are the truth of the Word of God. And this is true, and that's not true, and this will come to pass, and that won't. The truth of the Word of God. Spurgeon said this one day he left the Bible closed when the time for the reading of Scripture lesson came. He said this, Some have found fault with me, he said, for thinking I am too old-fashioned because I am always quoting from the Bible and do not say enough about science. Well, there's a poor widow here who has lost her only son, a fine, regenerate Christian lad. She wants to know if she will ever see him again. Let's turn to science for the answer. Will she see him? Where is he? Doth death end all? There was a long pause. We are waiting for an answer, said the preacher. This woman is anxious to know. Another long pause. What? Nothing to say? Then we'll turn to the book. And Spurgeon clinched the point by reading the wonderful promises concerning eternal life and heaven. Hey, the Bible says we'll all stand before God. The trumpet is going to sound and we'll all stand before God and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Hey, the truth of the word of God ought to be a priority in our lives. We ought not be ignorant. Why don't we spend more time in it? Why don't we live it more? Why don't we share? Every one of us would say, hey, this book has to, the news that will help people to know they're on their way to heaven. Oh, yeah, the Bible tells us we can know we're on our way to heaven. But why don't we share that with other people? Why don't we say to others, hey, Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. The truth of the word of God. Palm Sunday was predicted many, many years ago. And Jesus, the scripture tells us here, as Jesus gives instruction, hey, this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying. Number two, I want you to see this. Not only does the message of Palm Sunday, uh, not only does the message of Palm Sunday defend, the message of Palm Sunday, number two, declares. Look back in our text, Matthew chapter 21 and begin reading in verse number 6. The Bible says, 
And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes and they set him thereon. In a very great multitude, notice some spread their garments. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, and others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude, as he, as he rides on the donkey, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. If you hold your place, or if you're, if you're just kind of feeling a little tired, just listen and I'll find the scripture for us, all right? If you want to hold your place and turn to 1 Kings chapter number 1, 1 Kings chapter number 1, you will see when Solomon took over for David, you will see what they did. In 1 Kings chapter 1 and verse number 38, 1 Kings 1 and verse number 38, the Bible says this, as Solomon was going to take over for David, 1 Kings 1, 38, so Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Beniah the son of Joida and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and caused Solomon, notice, to ride upon King David's mule. And brought him to Gihon, and Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, God saved the king. What do we see here? We see here the custom of a king riding on a pony. Jesus is presented here on Palm Sunday as Israel's promised king. He's presented. We hear people saying, Hosanna. The word means save us, we pray. And we recognize that while some just wanted deliverance from Rome and the tyranny of Rome, others, I believe, others were really seeing him as Messiah. They put their clothes down. They hailed him as the son of David. The the aspect of Hosanna comes from Psalm 118. Uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles, probably Psalm 118 was sung. The scripture says this in Psalm 118, verse 25 to 27, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord, and we have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath shown us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. By using the title Hosanna, the son of David, they were some were seeing him, Jesus, as their rightful king. We need to remind ourselves this this morning, whether people see it or not, he is. is. Galatians 4 tells us when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. We read from the book of Philippians in chapter number 2 where the word of God tells us concerning Jesus emptying himself. Ephesians, uh, Philippians chapter number 2, the Bible says this in verse 6, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He left the splendor of heaven. He left the perfect fellowship with the Father of he- in heaven. He left the purity of heaven. And he came here to a sin-cursed earth and emptied himself. He gave up the independent use of his divine attributes and allowed individuals to put him on a cross. He made himself of no reputation. 
Verse 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess, confess what? That he is Lord. I love what the scripture says concerning Jesus in Revelation chapter number 19. And he has on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The King of Kings left heaven to come to a sin-cursed earth to provide salvation for all of mankind. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came as a deliverer to forgive sin, to, to, so we might know we're on our way to heaven. But as a deliverer, he came to do what? To provide victory for us in our Christian walk. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that someday God will wipe away all tears from our eyes. And we know that someday there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or any more pain, for the former things will be passed away. Can I ask you this question? He is King of kings and Lord of lords, but is he your king? Is he your King of kings? And you're Lord of Lords. You say, preacher, how do I know? Jesus said this. Why call ye me Lord if you do not the things which I say? You know, it's easy for us to say, I surrender all. It's easy for us to sing, I surrender all. But the telltale sign if we're really surrendered, if he's really our king, if he's really our Lord, is if we live in obedience to what he has asked us to do. He's king of kings and always will be. He's lord of lords and always will be. But is he king of kings and lord of lords in your life? Is he calling the shots? I've been in the ministry now. My wife and I were talking about this. I've been in the ministry now for 30-something, 30 33 years, I think we, we decided. And in 33 years... I've seen many a Christian in a church just like ours. They're on their way to heaven, but they're doing their own thing. I, uh, I've had people over the years say, you know what? I know what the Bible says, and I know that God's supposed to be in control of my life. But I'm going to do my own thing for just a little while now. I'm going to sow my wild oats for just a little bit. And they fail to realize the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Or you can go do whatever you want to do. God gave us a free will. And you can say, hey, I know what the Bible says, but I'm going to do something different. And the consequences of the decisions that you make, you will face someday. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Hey, Palm Sunday declares here on earth what has been known for all eternity, the king of kings and Lord of lords. And in this passage, the King of kings and Lord of lords has come to do what? To die on a cross. To bear in his body the sins of the whole world and to die and be buried and to rise again. Praise the Lord. We serve a risen Savior. Jesus said, if you love me, Keep my 
commandments. All obedience is so important. A British officer in the 1870s was talking to a French statement. The British officer's name was Brackenberry. The statesman's name was Leon Gambetta. Gambetta, the statesman, says to the uh, officer, he said, in these days there are only two things a soldier needs to know. He must know how to march and he must know how to shoot. Quickly he got a response from the officer, I beg your pardon. You've forgotten the most important thing of all. He must know how to obey. It's easy for us to give lip service, but life service from a heart of love for Jesus, our King that came, is what God wants. Is he your Lord? Is he your King? Number three, as I go back to Matthew chapter number 21, and I look at the message of Palm Sunday, number three, the message of Palm Sunday divides. We find our attention in verse number 10 of Matthew chapter 21. The Bible says, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all of the city was moved, saying, Who is this? The word moved is a word that's translated the sense of being shaken or agitated or shaken with fear. I believe that it was the leaders of the city who asked this question. If you go down to verse number uh, uh, 11, they tell him this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. Slide down to verse number 15. And the Bible says, And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Look at the next phrase. They were sore displeased. I don't know how many of you faced resistance. You know, there are some people today that aren't saved because of the pressure of family members or others that would be, to use the scripture term, sore displeased. Were there people when you got saved that you went and said, hey, I trusted Christ as Savior, and they took a step back and you could see in their countenance they were sore displeased. Because while salvation is provided for all of mankind, there are some that will exercise their will against the truth of the word of God. To us, you say, well, he's king. He, hey, he's the one that created by him. All things are created in heaven and in earth. And yet individuals will say, who? Hey, Pharaoh said that, didn't he? Moses comes and says, hey, Jesus, God says, let my people go. And he asks this question, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And I tell you, sometimes the division, the resistance of the truth, we can find ourselves discouraged. And you go and you knock on a door and you think, Jesus says, man, I'm going to give this guy the gospel and they're going to see their need. They're going to trust Christ as Savior. They're going to know they're on their way to heaven. And you knock on the door. Oh, you're from the church? Psst, forget it. You try to pass out. You try to talk to a family member. Oh, I know all about you. I'm not interested in this. Can we take just a minute or two, and let me show you some scriptures in the book of Acts that help us when it comes to this matter of communicating the message of Palm Sunday. Look at Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4 and we're going we're gonna to look at a number of scriptures here. It's gonna, we're going to go quick. And in just a few minutes, you're going to get the gist of what the early church faced. Acts 4 and verse 3, verse 1. 
Acts 4 and verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the certain of the te- and, and captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They're preaching truth. They have found Jesus. They have found security in him. They know someday when they die, they're on their way to heaven. And they communicate truth and they face resistance. Look at chapter 5. Turn over a page or two. Chapter number 5 of Acts. Acts 5 and verse 17. The Bible says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. By the way, if things continue to wax worse and worse, and Jesus tarries his coming, the day will probably come when this will happen to us right here in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania, United States of America. It's getting bad. You know, in the shooting this week, news media had a hard time mentioning that it was in a Christian church. It was an attack on Christian people. Hey, the early church faced lots of resistance as they communicated truth. Look at Acts chapter number 6. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And we find in verse number 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they subdued men, which said, we have heard him speak blasphemy, blasphemous words against Moses, against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. What are they doing? Causing trouble, resisting the truth. In Acts chapter 7 and verse number 59, the Bible says, and they stoned Stephen. For doing what? For communicating truth. Look at Acts 8 in verse number 1. And Saul was consenting his death. And at that time there was great persecution against the church. Acts chapter number 12. Acts chapter 12. And we'll end with this one. In Acts 12 and verse 1. Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And James is killed, and Peter escapes prison because of the divine intervention of God. You see, Pastor, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this. The message of Palm Sunday, that he is king, that he is our Savior, divides because there are some people that say, hey, I refuse to trust Christ as Savior. Hey, I refuse to submit to the truth of the Word of God. And in their refusal, they will resist what God is doing. We see it all through the works, all through the, uh, the Word of God. The resistance to truth. Why? Because the devil, our adversary, seeks to do everything he can to hinder the work of God. By the way, does not the Bible tell us, they that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer, they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Hey, we've had it pretty good here in the United States. We've had it really pretty good when it comes to this matter of persecution. There are going to be some that are sore displeased when we go into the neighborhood this afternoon and knock on the door, I, I get calls a lot of times. People say, oh, you know, I call one time. Yeah, we don't want anybody, especially your church. Well, what did we do wrong? We're trying to help people. But people don't see it that way. And they resist. And there were those that, yes, saw Jesus come and said, there's the son of David, Hosanna. But there were some, and we know this, why? Because the authorities did what? They turned the multitudes against Jesus. 
And in just a few short days, Jesus would hang on a cross. And the one that was guilty, Barabbas, would be set free. The message of Palm Sunday divides. But we need to recognize that what? God has given us a job to do. We can't be discouraged with what's going on in our society. We need to recognize that God told us it would be like this. And someday we'll be out of here. But until that day, we have a job to do. Communicate the message of Palm Sunday. It's a message that defends. Hey, as we look at this, whenever I see, hey, this was written that it might be fulfilled, I'm struck again with God's ability to superintend this planet in which we live and for God's ability to take a word of God and preserve it. Hey, this is our guide. We got to get in this book. We got to make this book a part of our lives. And then we look at the message and we say, hey, Jesus is king. He is king. But is he king in your life? You know, I have found that sometimes God will bring things into our lives that are crisis decisions. And we have to, at that point in time, take the step of faith to say, okay, I am going to believe God because he's Lord of my life. And if God says it, I want to do it. I, I remember in counseling situations, sometimes uh, if you come to me for counseling, I'm going to say to you, here's the word of God, and put it right on the table. I'll put the word of God right on the table, and I'm going to say this. Are you willing to submit to what the truth of the word of God says? All I can do is show you truth. Are you willing to submit to it? There have been people, Christian people, that have sat in my office, and they've said No. The only thing I can do at that point is ask them why their picture of God is so bad. Because if they're not willing to submit to the truth of the word of God, I can't do anything to help anybody. It's the truth that sets free. And when he's Lord of my life, I'm going to submit to what he says. And then as we think concerning the message of Palm Sunday, it divides. But that shouldn't hinder us from declaring the truth that Jesus saves. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Let your light so shine. You see, man, this world is going hell fast. Yup, and you better get busy communicating the good news that Jesus saves. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the message of Palm Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus who left the splendor of heaven to allow his creation to spit on him, to mock him, to pluck out his beard, to put a crown of thorns on his head, to beat him. But he did it because he loved us. Thank you that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, I ask this morning now as we take just a few minutes to allow you to draw us to yourself. I ask, Lord, that we would say yes to you in every area. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed this morning. I wonder, you hear as a Christian, you see, Pastor, as the word of God was being preached, the Spirit of God showed me a need in my life. Maybe it was a need to get in the word of God. If you've missed a few days this week, you ought to say, God, help me. Maybe it was a need, unless, of course, there were medical issues or whatever. Maybe it was a need to say, you know what, I, I'm calling the shots in my own life, and I ought not to be. He needs to be my king. Maybe it's in the area of just communicating the message.
You're here as a Christian, you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? God's working in my heart. Can I see your hand across the auditorium? Pastor, pray for me.